Welcome back to another Nurein episode. I'm Asid and sitting across from me is Sumaya. And today we're going to be talking about sincerity and what it means to have sincere intentions and just kind of how sincerity helps play, you know, helps play towards success in this life and the next. Um, so before we jump straight into the topic of sincerity, um, Sumaya, why don't you give us the dic- dictionary definition of what sincerity actually is? Okay, so according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, I think, whatever, um, sincerity is the quality of being free from pretense, deceit, or hypocrisy. And the synonyms that the dictionary gives is honesty, genuineness, which I did not know that was a word, um, (laughs) trustworthiness, integrity, earnestness, um, candor. So all of these essentially are the concept of sincerity according to the dictionary. Yeah, and so the dictionary definition kind of encompasses what we believe sincerity is in Islam. <clears throat> so the Arabic word for sincerity is ikhlas, and sincerity in Islam means freeing one's intentions from all impurities in order to come nearer to Allah. So those adjectives of being genuine and all of those things, that's essentially what being sincere is. And so I guess we can go ahead and start off this discussion by asking you, Sumaya, what does it mean to be truly sincere? Um, And then once you answer that, I have another question. So I think that before I answer the question, it's important to recognize that in the Quran, we have a surah called Surah Al-Ikhlas. And like Asin mentioned, Ikhlas is the Arabic word for sincerity. So this surah specifically in the Quran is actually like one of the most powerful surahs. It's very, very short. It's towards the very end of the Mus'haf. And um, it essentially, the reward for reciting Surah Al-Ikhlas is so immense. So, you know, according to some narrations, if you recite it three times a day, it's as if you recited the entire Quran. So one recitation is like one-third essentially of the Qur'an and it's literally just a very short amount of verses. Um, So the concept of sincerity is very important in Islam. The question was, what does it mean to be sincere? What do you think true sincerity is? Okay, so I think that you know that you're sincere when you act the same way around other people and in private. And honestly, if not better when you're alone, right? So you're not having this sense of like two-facedness and one of the synonyms that I just read off was hypocrisy, or sorry, not being a hypocrite essentially. So that is, um, I think one of the ways that you can tell like whether or not your intentions are sincere, um, you know, how are you acting by yourself? How are you acting around people? Are you presenting something differently to people than you are when you're alone? Um, And then also just this concept of everything that you do, it's not for showing off purposes, right? It's, it's just for the sake of pleasing, um, of pleasing Allah. And we've, we've talked a lot about uh, pure intentions in our episodes, sincerity of intentions. And I think that a lot of the time our intentions can get a little bit, um, I don't know, they can get a little bit flawed sometimes or uh, a little bit tarnished I think is a better word you know we don't even realize it and I think that's why we have to always think before we do something like what am I doing this for am I doing this so people can say a certain thing about me or am I doing this because Allah you know because Allah is the one that's watching me so I think that true sincerity is genuinely um or I think that you know when you have true sincerity when you're able to um worship more in private or you prefer to worship more in private or you do more acts of worship in private because then no one else is watching except for Allah so there's no possibility of being for anything else Um, I think that's what true sincerity (coughs) really is no I agree with that 100% and I actually have another point to add to that but you were talking about how your private deeds or you should try to emphasize on those more than the public ones. And I think that's something that I try to do a lot because like I've always said, sincerity is a really big part of everything. Before you start everything, you have to make sure you have sincere intentions. Um, And so you just really have to make sure that, you, you know, for me, I try my best to keep my private deeds to myself. 
you know what I mean by that is there's a lot of things and I mean like a lot of things that I do on a daily basis that I don't publicize whether it's uh, on Nurein or even just like talking in general just because I don't want to make it for the attention of wow you know mashallah she does this and she does that like no I keep those things to myself why because of that fear of having your intentions um being like tarnished essentially and there's actually this reminds me of something that um i a quote that i heard but it said i've never struggled with anything like i've struggled with intention and it's because i've he said anything i've done that has been seen by other than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i don't count it for my good deeds i don't count it for my good deeds mm-hmm. and so that's something that i find really interesting i think that was from Sufi, uh, some sahaba I can't remember the names, but um, that's something that I've always like held true to my heart is because like everything I try to emphasize on the value of my private good and I remind myself, okay, to me, these are more precious, you know, okay, yeah, of course, you're always going to do, inshallah, you're always going to do good in public, but to me, those are less value in my own heart than um, my private good deeds, you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily this idea of less valuable because I think that it's very important to outwardly um, live out your faith and attract people towards you for that reason. I think that, of course, like you don't ever want to be doing something to show off to people. You should never yeah. be praying to show off to people or you know doing a certain thing because certain people are present. So I think it's very important to be outwardly Muslim, of course, and we're not saying that you can't worship in public like you have to, you know, you have to and you absolutely should. Yeah, yeah. And there is no looking down upon that. It's just that it comes down to what are you doing it for? I think that, of course, the things that you do in private, they can be more special to you and they are more special in the eyes of Allah as well. Because like I said, when you're by yourself, like there's no chance of any anything else entering your heart because there's literally nobody else there. Yeah. Um, but I think, of course, it is still very important. It's very, very valuable to be outwardly Muslim. That's the only way that we know that we're not, like, ashamed of our religion or scared of yeah. what people are going to say. And I think that's another way that you're sincere is when you're willing to live it out and stand up for what you believe and all of that stuff as well. And I think, again, like I said, that's just a way that you – um, attract people to your faith or you attract questions and, and that kind of stuff as well. No, I agree with 100% being outwardly Muslim. I think what I mean by that is more of just like you keep your private deeds private. Yeah, you yeah, don't need to absolutely. go and publicize them. Yeah. But also when you are in those Islamic circles, for example, when you're at the masjid, you're not going to go and pray a bunch of extra duqas of like sunnah and stuff just because there are other people surrounding you. Because yeah. that's a tactic from shaitan yeah. to try to amplify your good deeds yeah. for like that's when your ikhlas turns into riya which yes. how do i how do i define what that is it's, it's essentially showing like off. showing off yeah. making yourself seem more pious more religious for the hopes that other people you know will see that and say oh and, and basically like be like oh wow mashallah you know yeah. so you have to really try hard to to stay away from that and i think another thing about being sincere and knowing that you have true sincerity is when you question whether or not you have sincerity mm. and what i mean by that is i think that um sincerity comes from your heart you know rather than your mind and it's really interesting because your mind has to figure out whether or not you're being truly sincere and i think the more sincerity you have is when you reevaluate your intentions constantly you know you're like okay am i actually doing this for other people or am i actually doing this for myself you know so sincerity comes from your heart and you know the word qalb actually comes from the root word yuqallib which means to turn right Right. and so i find it so interesting because your your intentions they can just immediately switch you can just immediately turn and your intentions come from your heart right that's why we have that that dua from the prophets oh and it the it's worded so beautifully like in Arabic, but it's like, oh, turner of that which turns, set my heart firm on your deen. Yes. And so I think that's something when you ever, whenever you have true sincerity, your your heart is truly set and truly firm on the deen, you know? And so I think that's just another thing is when you realize you have true sincerity whenever you continuously reevaluate your intentions. Why am I doing this? Who am I doing it for? You know? And so you question it, but don't question it to the point where you stop doing the good deeds right, right. because you're afraid of being insincere, you know? Yeah, I think it's not even that you're, like, questioning it. It's more of just, like, reevaluation. Sure. Like, yeah. I'm resetting my intentions every time. I need to make sure that I'm actually being sincere. And I think, you know, with that dua, it's, it is the, like, most beautiful dua. And I think it's so interesting that 
the Prophet Muhammad like our prophet, this man who was like literally promised Jannah and we know that like he's pretty much like never sinned and like all of these things. Um, he was our example, like our most perfect example. He made this dua so many times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so sad that a lot of people don't even know this dua. And it's a very easy one. It's very easy to memorize. And you should, if you don't know it, memorize it and recite it like often. Because if our prophet, the man that is guaranteed Jannah, you know, our exemplar, if he was saying this dua so many times over and over and over again throughout the day, if he was making istighfar over and over and over again, like we are literally like we... We need to do better. Yeah. You know, like our prophet, وسلم, like so, he yeah. was doing yeah. that and he's like guaranteed paradise and we're not guaranteed anything except yeah. for death. So <laughs> I think it's so like, it's really powerful that these examples are there for a reason, obviously. So I think another thing is that making dua for sincerity, like ask Allah to oh, keep your yes. intentions pure, ask Allah to keep you sincere. Um, it's just very easy. It's very easy to go from, like Asim said, to go from having a good intention to having that intention a little bit skewed. Um, it's very easy for that to happen. So you do have to continuously reevaluate. Um, Asim gave the example of, you know, let's say you're at the masjid and you decide to just pray a whole bunch more because you're at the masjid or you want to make your salahs longer or whatnot just because people are there. Um, there's a very fine line, honestly, between showing off and then doing things just because first of all it's what you would normally do but also to encourage others to do it as well Mm -hmm. so I think that sometimes like for example if you're like with all your friends for example and um one of them stands up and prays sunnah right it makes you more inclined to be like oh yeah let me do that too yeah you know so like back to our last week's episode it's important to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you to do better but Besides the point, there is there is a fine line between this idea of, okay, am I doing this to show off for the setting that I'm in? Or, you know, do I just want the good deeds? Do I want to encourage others to do the good deeds? Um, so it's really, it is a constant state of, like, re-evaluation. And there's nothing wrong with um, feeling more religious around certain people or in certain settings. Yeah. You know, a lot of the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet, them, they told him, like, we feel so, like, our iman is so strong when we're around you, but then when we're not there, like, we just don't feel the same way. Yeah. And he said that that's, that's normal, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's okay to have those environments where you feel more inclined to do better, where you feel more inclined to do good. You know, it's okay to have those people where you feel like, you know, you want to do better because they're doing better, yeah. right? Um, that's totally fine. But again, it's just, it's a constant state of, like, reevaluating where you're at. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Another thing is that whenever you're in the middle of a good deed, you know, I feel like this happens to me a lot and I'm not sure if it happens, I mean, to like, I mean, Samaya, you can, you can, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but like whenever you're in the middle of a good deed and then say you're in the middle of like a really long sujood and then someone walks into the musallah mm-hmm. and then, you know, you hear that little whisper, like you don't want to seem insincere, just get up so that way it doesn't look like you're trying to impress anybody, you know, or, or just mm-hmm. in general, like you're in the middle of a really good deed and then all of a sudden you hear a whisper that's like, no, you should stop doing that so it doesn't seem like you're trying to be X, Y, and Z. That's also a tactic from shaitan is to make you stop a good deed for fear that your intention is insincere. And I think that's something that we, I'm going to ask you, like, if if that does happen to you, and how do you try to um, sort of combat that, you know? Because you should never leave a good deed because you're worried about the intentions, but afterwards make sure you reevaluate your intentions. Like, that's my simple and short answer to that, but, That's a really interesting question. Um, I feel like when... I don't know if I've had that experience, to be honest. I feel like because when I'm around other people, I, of course, try to, like, be the best person that I can be, but I feel like I never, I don't want to say never, but I don't do things to the extent that I know I can do them when I'm around people. Yeah. Just because I'm not comfortable with that. And so with certain things, um, I just prefer to like not do them to the extent that I would normally do them not always like I'm not saying that like if I pray the sunnah for Maldiv I'm not going to pray it if I go to the masjid like I'm not saying that at all whatsoever because I will still do that but when it comes to other things I'm not the biggest fan of um 
doing it like the way that I would do it if I was by myself. Yeah. And so I don't know if I've had that um, experience, but I think that, like I said, like don't let Shaitan try to stop you from doing a good deed just because, you know, it's kind of like a question of whether or not you're being sincere. I think that, honestly, I think that you know in your heart if you're sincere about something. Yeah. I think having a soft heart is the first step towards sincerity. And you know, you know when you have a soft heart, you know, and um, when you get emotional, when, when your, your dean really affects you in that, in that way, I think that's a sign of sincerity. And I think something else that I've learned, and I think that's just a huge part of what sincerity is, is um, when you stop, like, judging other people for what they're doing, when you stop looking down upon other people, um, it's not your business. And I think something that as humans, what we tend to do so much and we really need to stop is that we concern ourselves with the sins of other people instead of focusing on ourselves yes like we're so concerned with everything that everyone else is doing but we're not focusing on ourselves at all so i think that you just need to like focus on you like seriously at the end of the day like seriously yes you want people to be guided and you want to help them and you want to help guide them and you want to be a part of their journeys and you want to be someone that inspires but at the end of the day, like, when you when you die, it's you and Allah. Like, it's yeah. no one else. So do what you can. But at the end of the day, their business is their business. Your business is the only one that matters to you. Yes, <laughs> like, seriously. I agree. And we really have to, like, we really have to stop concerning ourselves with everyone else's mistakes. Like, we have a lot of things we need to work on, you know? So yeah. stop worrying about what other people are doing. Help if you can. But I think a big part of sincerity is when you realize, like, I don't need to be involved in everybody's business. I just need to focus on my own business. Yes. And that's it. No, I agree. I think that going back to the first point, I do agree with that. It was like if you're going to exert yourself, you know, exert yourself in private rather than in public. A, so that way you don't, you don't feel like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And also yeah. sometimes you can be more comfortable like that. Yeah, yeah. But I also believe like Samaya was saying, you should have consistency with your actions in public and in private. Like, mm-hmm. she she gave the example of praying um, sunnah, right? If you typically do that, you know, it's okay if you do that in public as well, yeah, you know? Course. But you're not going to go and do extra or do as much as you possibly can because you're in the company of other people, whether, you know, if that's the sole reason. reason. Yeah, and I think another thing you have to realize is that having sincerity protects you. What I mean yeah. by that is sincerity lack of sincerity makes you extremely vulnerable mm. you know vulnerable to shaitan there is a hadith yeah. that goes something along the lines of you know um he can he can misguide whom he wills except for the slaves who are sincere yeah. you know and there's an ayah in surah ibrahim that goes something along the lines of when shaitan says i didn't have actually have any power over you yes. except that i called and you answered my call so don't blame me blame yourselves Absolutely. and i think that's something so interesting is that he's going to basically say it's like you know you could have protected yourself, but you chose to follow me. You Absolutely. chose this, Absolutely. you know? And so when you're sincere, it protects your heart from those whispers, you know? But when you're insincere, you know, it's so much easier to fall into the whispers and the trap of shaitan. It's, it's, so, it's so easy to be misguided when your intentions yes. are not sincere. You have to realize that your good deeds, you're rewarded by your intentions. So you need to make sure that your mm-hmm. intentions from the start are sincere and so that way when you're in the process of the good deed you're less likely to be misguided and to be um influenced by shaitan because at the end of the day on the day of judgment you can't really blame him you can only blame yourself because you're the one that answered his call you know and i think that's something we really have to realize is before you start anything realize this good deed is going to be rewarded by my intention my intention from the start what is my intention and think about that and so that way throughout the entire deed or whatever you're doing you're constantly reminded of that and you're less likely be influenced by shaitan. It's as simple as that, you yeah, know? Yeah, and, and there's a few places in the Quran where Allah basically has this conversation with, um, or he, he relays to us what Iblis says, that he's going to misguide everybody except, he says, إِلَّا Like he uses that word except for your sincere servants. Yeah. So everyone else is going to be, like as he said, everyone else is going to be susceptible to the whispers of the shaitan. And we all are. We are absolutely yeah. all constantly susceptible to the whispers of shaitan. But those who are sincere are those who repent, those who turn back, those who realize that um, 
that really like it's only your fault like if yeah. you fall and and, and the shaitan says it so many times in the Quran says inni bari un minkum like i i'm free from you like yeah. I, all i did was tell you something and you, you decided follow to through. follow yeah. so he's he's going to completely disassociate himself from all of us yeah you know so that's something else. It's like you're not going to be with some, like, Shaitan is not going to take up for you. He's not going to say, oh, it was my fault. He's saying, I am free from you. It's all on you. you He's going to throw you under exactly. the bus. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we have to realize whenever we're doing things, you know. And you also have to realize that your praise, like, the love and praise from other people. Because, like, it's nice to feel like, oh, I've accomplished something and Absolutely. you're being recognized by that. That's nice. And there's, there's nothing unhealthy with that. It's unhealthy whenever that love and praise from other people end up taking rival to the love and praise that you receive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm. to, to his happiness with you. Right. When you start prioritizing what others think about you more than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks about you, then there is a serious, serious issue. Absolutely. You know, and you're really, you're going to fail. You know, yeah. because really the only way to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's something that I emphasize a lot. You know, you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek help, you know? Yes. And so... I think that's something that we have to realize. We have to think, okay, yeah, it's nice to feel like I'm doing something good and I'm helping people and it's nice to win things and X, Y, and Z, but really, really, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleased with me in this moment? Yeah. Or are the people pleased with me more? Because if the people are pleased with you more, then there's there's a serious issue, you know? Yeah. So don't don't take rivals in your heart with yeah. what Allah subhanahu rivals with others and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know? So I think that's just another thing we have to realize is people's love should not, um, compete with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love for yeah. what you're doing. It's something that yeah. my mom literally always tells me. She's like, you, if you're going to be seeking the pleasure of other people, like, someone is always going to be disappointed. Yeah. She says, all you have to do is focus on pleasing Allah. And that's beautiful because if you're pleasing Allah, then you're also pleasing the creation. Yes. And of course, again, there's going to be people that are never happy with whatever you do. But part of pleasing Allah is being kind and compassionate to other humans, to the earth, mm-hmm. to the animals, like all of this stuff, it really encompasses everything. Um, and Allah says, even in Surah Al-Baqarah, like he tells us to seek help through patience and prayer. And he mm-hmm. says that it is difficult, except for those who are humble. Yeah. Right? That this this concept of seeking patience through, or sorry, seeking help through patience and through prayer, it's difficult for everyone except for those who are humble and submissive to Allah. Um, so I think that that's something that we also have to, like, where is the state of your heart? Yeah. You know? Are you finding it difficult to submit to Allah? Because that says something about where your faith is at at the moment. And something that I feel like I emphasize a lot on is, yes, we all go through roller coaster of Iman. Like, we have Iman highs, we have Iman lows. But the only way to get out of an Iman low is to worship more. That's the only yeah. way. Like, if you're feeling like you're in a low place with your faith... You can't just sit there and wait for it to get higher. That doesn't happen. If you want your iman to get to a higher place, you have to worship more. Yes. You know? I agree 110%. Out of, again, out of sincerity. Like, it can't be... Because it's not going to be fulfilling if you're doing it for something else. Yeah. You know? It doesn't... It's not fulfilling at all. Because I feel like when you're not sincere, you're not humble. When you're not humble, that means you're arrogant. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't, you can't have a, a sound heart when you have arrogance in it. You know, and I think that's something that we say a lot and we've recently said in a couple of the episodes that if you have arrogance in your heart, then you really you really need to take a step back and really rethink what you're doing in your life. Because arrogance means lack of like humbleness and lack of humbleness essentially means lack of sincerity. And when all of those things are combined, then like somebody said, you're going to have a really hard time worshiping, which yeah. means you're going to have a really ti- hard time succeeding mm-hmm. and not necessarily succeeding in this worldly life. You're going to have a hard time succeeding in the next because i mean like think about it right when you have lack of sincerity in your intentions that means that you can still be doing a lot of good but if you're doing it a lot of good can lead you to like for example I'm, i'm just making something up on a really extreme level if you start a nonprofit and you're doing all of these things and you know and you're helping your community you are helping your community and in a way you're succeeding in this worldly life but if you're doing it for the sole purpose of becoming famous or being put on the news or being able to seem like, oh my God, like an influencer, I don't know, like all of these things, you can succeed in this life, that's fine, but you're not going to succeed in the next. It's as simple as that because your good deeds are not going to be counted when it comes to that. You I know? think, yeah, just like exactly what Asim was saying, there's so many non-Muslim people that do amazing things. Yeah. They are amazing people and they do amazing things, but Allah tells us that their deeds, like Asim said, they're going to be considered void. Yeah. All of these good things that they're doing, if there's if there's no sincerity to Allah, then it's as if it was never there. 
Yeah. It's as if it never happened. Their deeds are going to be considered void. Um, and I think that I kind of want to speak about the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Awesome. Because, of course, we have this extremely sincere man. And I think that one of the biggest things for me that just prove the truth of Islam is that you have this man, okay? This man who was living the most, like, mediocre of life lifestyles, like, in... 7th century Arabia, okay, who did not live in this, like, even for us who are considered, like, I don't know, we're not, like, super wealthy or anything like that, and we're not super poor, alhamdulillah. We're, we're like, well we're off, middle, alhamdulillah, we're yeah. comfortable, right? They didn't, they never saw stuff like this. Yeah. They didn't have a bed, they didn't have a house, they didn't have, like, food readily available, you, you know, three meals and two snacks a day, like, there, there was no such thing. This man was poor. A poor man yeah. who was terrified when he received the revelation for the first time. This is a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about it and you're, and a lot of people say, well, how do you know it was true? How do you know it happened? How do you know he wasn't making it up? Why would someone who is so poor and who's not really gaining anything worldly out of this, this spreading the message, who's getting beat, who's getting like violated, who's having to go through literally so much hardship, why would he be faking it? Yeah. Why would he be anything but sincere to a truth, to the truth? You know, if you think about like what a false prophet would do, a false prophet would immediately be like, build me castles, build me mansions, find a way to give profit me all your money. Yeah. You know, I want to be regarded as this like super important person in this life who you're all going to bow to. The Prophet Muhammad said him, literally he would tell people not to stand up when he walked into a room because he didn't like it. Yeah. You know? And one time, and this, this story, like, it gets me every time, and I, I literally love it so much, but one time, Omar ibn al-Khattab, like, he walked into the Prophet's, like, room or something, so I said to him, and, and the Prophet said to him, he was, he was laying down, he was sleeping, and um, Omar, he started to get really emotional when he saw this, because when he walked in, the Prophet said to him, he got up because, right, like, respect, you're going to get up and greet someone when they walk in, Yeah. and Omar could see the <clears throat> marks on the Prophet's body from essentially the quote-unquote like mattress that he was sleeping on which was essentially like rocks and straw and, and whatever they could find that they just like use right and he could see the marks all over his body the indents you know like when you sleep on something and you get like an indent on your on your arm or whatever this is like like indents in the in the, in the prophet's body because he was sleeping on something so uncomfortable but that was his bed you know yeah and omar he said like it, it saddens me so much he said it's so unfair that these emperors in Rome, these kings and all these big dynasties, they get they get cushions and they get palaces and they get this royal treatment. And you are such a good man. You're way better than they ever would be as people. And you're sleeping on the floor and you have marks on your body from how uncomfortable your position is. And his response, I said to him, like, just so screams sad. sincerity. It's, it's insane. He looked at him and he said, oh, he said, oh, Omar. Don't you know that all these kings, all these emperors, they have this world and we have the next? Don't yeah. you know that they have the treasures of this world and we have the paradise? We have the paradise where it matters. We have all the good when it actually matters. That is not a false prophet. Yeah. You know, that's not a prophet that's standing up for, you know, for anything rather than just truth like sincerity so i think that that's that's something that um that i really when i think of sincerity of course we have like the best of examples from the prophet muhammad he would not have been willing to go through what he went through which was a lot yeah. death of his children death of his his beloved wife um death of his uncle and then just all the like the violence that was directed at him poverty all of this stuff Allah asked him, should we make you a prophet king? He said, no. I don't yeah. want to be a prophet king. Nothing's wrong with that. We have Sudayman and, and Dawood. They were prophet kings, okay? But this humility, this sincerity, it's not for nothing. Yeah. I think that's just like a huge lesson that you have to take out of that. No, I agree 100%. And I think maybe we could one day do a whole episode on the virtues of the Absolutely. prophet Muhammad's life. We could probably life. do like 20 of them. I know. We can make a whole like series because <laughs> oh, it's true. we were given the best role model, the best of mankind, you know? the best of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation to look up to. And of course, we're never going to, you know, relate on on his level, but we can at least try, you know? Of course. And I think that's something, a really good point that Samaya made was that um, 
as soon as he claimed prophecy, as soon as he went publicly and, you know, and, and declared his message, essentially, his life became so much harder than it already was. A false prophet would not have put themselves in that situation. And that just shows the truth, you know, of his prophethood. The truth of who he was was because as soon as he, as soon as he, you know, went out to the whole society, his life became so much harder. He gained enemies from his own tribe, you know. And so his own family. Yeah, because it was a tribal society back then. And so I think that's something that we really have to keep in mind was he was willing to go through all of that because he was a truth prophet and he knew his life was going to become immensely more difficult than it already was you know um and there's actually a hadith that he talks about and he's talking and this is during a khutbah um but he says essentially so something that i've it's along the lines of um shall i not tell you what i fear more than dajjal or the antichrist and for a second i'm going to pause i hope i never live to see the day when dajjal when dajjal comes like i i pray and the fact that the fact that he's starting off by saying something I fear more for you all than Dajjal is, it means it's a very, very powerful thing. And what is that? And he said, it's the hidden shirk and hidden idolatry, you know, that a person stands up to pray, that they beautify their prayer when someone else is looking at them. And that's something that he describes as more hidden than a crawling ant, mm-hmm. you know? That's yeah. is that in another hadith, you know, and I think that's something that we have to realize is the fact that 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 Prophet Muhammad sallam, the most sincere man, feared that more than Dajjal, means that we also <laughs> need to be very very wary yes. of of this hidden idolatry of this yes. of this. It's a disease of the heart. It's lack of sincerity, you know, and so that's something we really really have to to take into consideration. If he was scared of it that much, then what are what are we you know how should we be approaching lack of sincerity in our lives you know it's um it's a really big deal because nowadays people and Essie was talking about this in one of our past episodes but she said you know that what's at the center of your heart is what really matters and if it's not Allah then you're going to have a problem there's going to be issues and if yes. it's not here then it's going to be later but people a lot of people they place money power fame in the center of their hearts. That's what they live for. That's what they're willing to die for. And it's like, it's okay to be seeking wealth. It's okay to be seeking a comfortable life, but the compartment in which that's in, it has to be different, right? So I think that it's also very important to recognize what is at the center of your heart, because if it's not a law, then you have no sincerity to anything. Yeah. You know? And I think that in, throughout the entire Quran, it talks about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's between your breasts or he knows what's in your heart, you know? Even if you don't expose it to the world, if he, he sees it and he, he's there, you know? And it says that, you know, it's neither their meat nor their blood that reaches Allah, but it's the piety from you that reaches him in Surah Al-Hajj, you know? And so I think that's something that we, we really, really have to realize is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's in the deepest, deepest levels of our hearts and whenever he's talking about disbelievers or talking about um hypocrites who you know make it seem like they're one way and in reality they're the other way whether it's religiously or i don't know whatever right <clears throat> he refers to them as throughout the entire quran in a numerous amount of ways but he always refers to their heart you know and he talks about how there's there's a cage around their heart or there's this around their heart you know there's there's a seal on their hearts and essentially they're deaf dumb and blind yes. you know and i think that's something we also have to make du'a for is you know ya allah please just protect our hearts you know like we said earlier don't oh turn our hearts keep our hearts firmly on your deen and all of these things because really as soon as i feel like lack of sincerity as soon as it corrupts you it eats away at you because you you taste the fruits of it yeah you know because it's it can feel really good to do things and get recognized in this world for it absolutely you know like we were saying earlier so you just have to really you know as soon as that happens be careful because it's like a plague it's a black spot on your heart that continues to spread yeah and that's something that if you're not conscious of it's gonna consume you and you'll do everything for the love that the for others love and others praise you know yeah so i think that it's it's so important to again the biggest thing that you can just take away is that you have to continuously like reevaluate yeah where you're at and make you know? oh sorry no go 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 i'll say and make dua <laughs> yeah yeah you know seek refuge because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can perfect pr- protect you from these things if you seek refuge um there is a hadith about um abu Bakr who basically came to the Prophet Muhammad after 
after he talked about how this hidden idolatry is more hidden than like the crawling of an ant, right? And so he basically presented him with a dua, you know, that that really it helps protect you. And it says, oh Allah, I seek refuge with you lest I commit shirk without, with you knowingly and I seek your forgiveness for what I do unknowingly. Because we also mm. have to realize that we do a lot of things subconsciously and we don't yeah. mean it, you know. But this dua basically encompasses everything that we do. If I do something and that shaitan corrupted me to essentially do or, you know, I've followed the whispers of shaitan and I did it not fully for you, please forgive me for that. You know, yeah. because that does happen to all of us every every once in a while, right. whether it's every blue moon or for some others, it might be more frequent. Um, but you, you ask him and you, you seek forgiveness for those things. Don't just leave it. You know, don't just be like, oh, well, I did it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to forgive me. No, ask and yeah, he will yeah. forgive you. Right. And for the things that we do subconsciously, because we all do things subconsciously, ask for forgiveness for that. And I, I highly recommend that you guys memorize that dua in Arabic or in English or for whatever you prefer. It's a beautiful, beautiful dua. And it's just something to always keep in mind, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, how do you achieve this this sincerity? First of all, you have to know who your God is. Yeah. You know, you can't be sincere to something or to someone if you don't know the qualities and the attributes of this person or of this thing or of this being, right? So Allah's names and attributes are there for a reason. And it's important to not just know that Al-Rahman means the most merciful. What else does it mean? What does it entail? How does his mercy encompass all things? It's important to delve into each and every name of Allah and to learn, to learn about it. What does this name actually mean? How does it actually apply in my life? How can I make dua using this name? Yes. You know? So getting to know who Allah is through his names and attributes, through his speech, the Qur'an, and then, of course, through the Prophet, who, like we were just saying, is like the most sincere person, get to know his life story. Yeah. Listen to his sira, read his sira, like, learn about who this man was. How can you follow someone that you don't even know? You know? And it, you think about it, you know, trends these days. Everyone just blindly follows. It's like someone's doing it, so I'm going to do it too. Yeah. Right? But with Islam, it's not blind faith. It never is. And I think a lot of people have that misconception for some reason, that religion is just blind faith. It's not blind faith. Yeah. We have an answer to everything. We have examples in our prophets, especially in our Prophet Muhammad You know, look into his life. What made him the sincere man? How can we implement his qualities and his characteristics? How can we be like him? Which, of course, we're never going to get to that level. But how do we try? How do we try to follow in his footsteps? I think that is a great place to start if you're wondering... How do, I, how do I even get to a place where I feel very sincere? Look into Allah, who is Allah, who is the Prophet Muhammad What is the Qur'an? Read the Qur'an. Read it, and not just reading it to read it, not just to finish it, but like study the Qur'an. What is it actually saying? Um, and I think just start off with trying to do more deeds in private um, because that really shows. That's, that's, when, yeah. that's when your true colors really show. I think when you and there's a hadith that goes along the lines of like when a person who seeks a path of knowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the path to jannah easy on them yeah you know and i think that's something that samaya is really talking about is really get to know your religion get to understand it because it shouldn't just be something that you were just raised with and you just do it just because it should yeah. be something that you do because you want to know more you you chose it you know i think that's something that we talk about a lot is that there's a point in your life where you have to choose religion for yourself are you just going to continue to just grow up with the the customs that you were taught from when you were young or are you going to actually learn more why do i do this why do i do that you know so realize that the path to knowledge will make this so much easier you just have to put in the effort and try and when you're sincere when seeking knowledge allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make those 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 ways of seeking knowledge those paths those different opportunities of gaining knowledge so available you know, yeah. you'll start to see it everywhere. You'll start to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everywhere. You'll start to wonder, I wonder why we do this, and I wonder why we do that. It'll become natural, become like instinct to you when you do it with sincerity. You know what I mean? Um, so just realize, but also be careful whenever you're doing that, when you're in the process, 
process of seeking knowledge, continue to reevaluate yourself because, you know, you don't want to seek knowledge only to just use that as a way to argue with other people on the internet. I think that's something that I see a lot and it drives me crazy because people will purposely go and educate themselves on a topic or not even fully educate themselves. They'll educate themselves on the part of the topic that defends their bias. And then they'll just go out on the internet to either show that they know more or to argue with other people who have a different perspective. So when you're seeking knowledge, make sure that you're not doing it to impress other people that you're smart or whatever. And you're not doing it to argue with people because that's another tactic from Shaitan is like, look, they know nothing. Come and prove them wrong, you know? And that's something that's very scary because as soon as you fall into that it becomes a piece of you yeah you know and i think that you know as you saying make dua that or you know when you're sincerely seeking knowledge allah allows that path to be easy for you in the same way when you're sincerely seeking guidance allah opens those doors yeah. allah opens those doors completely and i think as brought up a really interesting point about these people who are just educating themselves so that they can go and argue with people there are non-Muslims out there that know more about our religion than we know about our religion. They're not sincere in their intentions. What they're trying to do is disprove Islam. Yeah. But they have spent, they've dedicated their life to learning about the faith that we are supposed to be living. Yeah. When those kind of people become very common in the world, like that's going to be so hard. That's why you have to know your faith. Yeah. That's why the first step to seeking guidance is to ask for it sincerely. Yeah. Right? Because there are people out there that know your faith better than you know your faith. And that's really sad. Yeah, yeah, because they're set on making sure that they can prove you wrong. Yeah. And how many people have been turned away because of that? Because they never learned enough for themselves. So they're just like, you know what? You're right. Let me just do whatever you're saying. Yeah. And um, this whole thing about the internet, I've been so disappointed in people lately and muslims lately online yes and i'm not saying because of the content that they're putting out or whatever that's a whole separate issue but i'll see people muslim influencers who are just trying their best okay and i think it's good that we have muslim influencers it was something that we never really had before Mm -hmm. you know it's good that they're becoming more common the hijab is becoming more common etc but then i read people's comments on their posts these are muslim people who all they're doing is criticizing all they're doing is judging. Yeah. You know? Is that sincerity? No. Like, is that sincerity when all you're doing is you're sitting online? And I'm sure that maybe some people, they're, they're, they have some decent intention somewhere. But it's also the execution that matters. Yes. You know? Like, you'll see a video of a hijabi, maybe, who's talking about literally anything. And all of her comments will be like, oh, astaghfirullah, you're not wearing makeup. I mean, you're wearing makeup. Astaghfirullah, it's take like- it off your face. Astaghfirullah, this. Astaghfirullah, that. I, I had I was like so invested one time I was reading these comments and the girl like the influencer she replied to, to one of these comments and she said she was like I used to wear so much more makeup than I wear now and I've been really trying to like lessen the amount of makeup that I'm wearing um, and your comments are not helping like they're not making me feel any more inclined to do better they're just discouraging me and they're making me feel um, a lot worse yeah so you have to realize that it's not sincerity when you're just judging other people or, or there's like reverts on, on Instagram who have like accounts and they're just trying to like showcase their lives now that they're Muslim and all these things and all, maybe they're not wearing hijab, like they just reverted or even if they've been reverts for a couple of years, all of the comments are like, you're not Muslim if you don't wear hijab, stuff it all, where's your hijab? Oh, not stuff even that. It's like, what in the world are you guys doing? I you're know. just pushing people away. Okay, so there's this one guy on Instagram that he pops up on my feed a lot, okay? And he's a revert who is trying his best to, like, memorize the Qur'an and Mm. and say it. And so he'll record videos of himself, like, saying, like, the simple sawara, like, jazamma and stuff, you know? And I one time went into this, and this man has a lot of tattoos, okay? He's got a whole lot of tattoos. Like, his Mm. face is covered in tattoos. But he has videos of him, like, getting the laser off and all of these things. Oh my god, the majority of his comments are not even like, MashaAllah, good job, brother. Like, you know, yeah. we see you trying, we see you putting in the effort, you're doing great. No, it's, Astaghfirullah, tattoos are haram. Like, if you even yeah. ch- dare to go and educate yourself just by clicking on this guy's page, you'll see in his bio that he says, revert. Right. You know, and you would understand a person's situation. But I think that's something that we as a, um, this could be a whole other conversation right. for a whole other time, <laughs> but we kind of went on a tangent over here. But even though you might mean the right thing of educating someone to tell them, okay, this is actually wrong. The way you're doing it, like Samaya said, the execution of it is so poor and it can really drive people away. Like, and I think I gave this story at my like Islamic school in, in Raleigh 
Like, they made all the girls wear hijab, and a lot of them, you know, for, for uniforms, which is understandable, but a lot of them either didn't wear hijab at all, or they actually took it off because the execution of the administration, who they were just trying to make you do the right thing and make sure, you know, you're not sinning and all of these things. The way that they did it, a lot of those girls outside of the school, they went and took off their hijab mid of the year. Do you realize yeah. how sad it is when you push people away? Because you might be doing it, you might be saying the right thing, but you're doing it wrong. You know, yeah. sometimes if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Because you don't understand people's situa- situations. You never know. All you, you don't see is know. the outward. You always see the exterior. I know. That's something, too, is like, all you see is what someone presents. Yes. That's all you see. And you don't know what's going on deep down. You have, yeah, you yeah. don't know. Even if there's a Muslim person who you know, born and raised Muslim, whatever, and they're sinning, it's not your place to go and be like, haram astaghfirullah, like you're such a bad Muslim. That is, I feel like that, you just can't be a sincere person if that's the kind of things that you're doing. Yeah. You know, you can have your biases, you can have your judgments, okay? But, and I, oh, oh my gosh, this is like, <laughs> the online culture has just made this so, so bad. You're entitled to your own opinion, but you do not always need to share it. I agree. If you have nothing you nice really to say, don't, don't say it at all. all the time. Yes. Instead, encourage people. I agree. Because then it's a sin on your part if you're pushing people away. Like, imagine that you said something that pushed someone away from Islam. Like, that's on you forever. Yeah. That's a horrible thing, you know? Even if you don't agree with something that someone's doing, or even if, yes, you know, hijab is obligatory, this person's not wearing it, it's really none of your business right now. Ever. It's really none of your business ever. So there's no point. Staying sincere means staying sincere to yourself as well and your relationship with Allah. Yes. Because, like I said at the beginning of this episode, when you die, it's just you and Allah. You're not going to be able to say, oh, but, like, I was in all these other people's business, too, so now it's... No, it's not all of us and the law. When you die, it's just you and God, and that's it. Yeah. And everyone's going to have that. Everyone's going to have that for themselves. So just worry about yourself. Yeah. And that's it. I agree 100%. And you were talking about how earlier, you said this when you were talking about death, about how there's nothing that is certain for us except for death, except for the fact that we are are going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think that's something that I feel like when we're so caught up in this life, we often forget that. Absolutely. That, you know, it says it in the Quran that we are painfully toil- toiling towards your Lord, but you shall meet him. Yeah. You know, and that's something, you you will meet him. You know, this life is meant to be hard. Hold, trying to keep yourself sincere is hard. It's not an easy process. No. You are constantly painfully toiling towards your Lord, but at the end, you shall meet him. You know, and if you don't have sincerity in this life, when you meet him, you're not going to be prepared. You know, when you meet him, you're not going to be ready because yeah. you didn't do it right this chance that you got. You yeah. know, every single day that you're living and breathing, you have a chance. Yeah. You can choose to do the right thing, or you, which or you can choose to, which can sometimes be harder. Choosing to have sincerity in your yeah. actions is harder than, um, than just doing it just for whatever reasons, you know? But if you choose the harder route, you know that that path that is filled with hardship that leads to that leads to jannah inshallah yes and that's yeah. something that i think that we often forget we just have to remind ourselves that okay it's hard to be sincere it's hard to make sure i don't have arrogance in my heart heart it's hard to make sure i'm doing things for for a being that you cannot see but the love of others you can see it it's there you can see it in their faces yeah. right but that will never amount to the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you. Yeah. yeah, but the only difference is one you can see and one you can't see. Yeah. You know? So you have to keep that in mind that okay, it's hard to do things for the being that you cannot see, but I know he's there. Yes. I know that he's always with you. He's with you wherever you are. You know, I literally have that on my wall. Mm. And um <laughs> yeah. and this is a constant reminder that he's always with you and he can see what's in your heart. You just have to choose to do the right thing, even if it's harder, and then when you meet him, inshallah, it's going to all be worth it. And you I know? think that the whole concept of sincerity, it's really just embedded in the shahada. Yeah. Like, you can't believe la ilaha illallah if you're not 100% convinced of this concept that there is no God but Allah. You know, Allah's the only one that's worthy of worship. And like we've said before, when you are on your deathbed, right, we all want, inshallah, our last words to be la ilaha illallah. We want that to be our last, the last thing we ever say. Um, but you're not just going to be able to say it. It's yeah. not something that you can just say. It's something that you've had to live out in order to be able to say. I mean, there's so many stories of people who are on their deathbed and they have, this is not even anything in their minds. It's not, they don't even care to say it because they didn't live it out. Or people are telling them, say it, and they can't. They literally yeah. can't. And la ilaha illallah, you barely have to move your mouth to say it. It's something that is so easy so that no matter what kind of state you're in, 
whether you're sick and dying or whatever, like you can say it. Yeah. You don't have to move your lips. Literally. You just have to move like, your tongue. You, you That's it. You literally don't have to move your lips. Yeah. Yet some people are actually physically unable to say it yeah. because they didn't live upon it. And when you die and you're taken to the grave, those questions that you're going to be asked about the Shahada, who is your God? Who is the prophet? What was your religion? That is the Shahada. And you're not going to just, again, you're not going to be able to just like know the right answer. You have to have lived out the right answer to be able to answer, you know? Yeah. And that comes from a place of sincerity. It's not a place of arrogance. It's not, you can't use your logic here. Your logic has nothing to do with it, right? Because yeah. when you die, everyone, when everyone dies, they're going to know the truth, whether they believed it in this world or not. So you can't think, oh, yeah, what did the Muslims believe again? Let me just give the right answers. No. What did you live? What did you live out? Yeah. You know? I'm telling you, when I first learned, this was a while back, but when I first learned that there are some people who are unable to say la ilaha illallah on their deathbed because they physically are not able to because of the way they live their lives, that scared me to my core. That shook me. You know, and that made me... That, that, just hearing that alone was like, okay, I need to do better. Yeah. You know, I want to do better. You know, that was the moment, I think, where I chose Islam for myself. Where I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. was years and years and years ago. But I was like, yeah, yeah. I have to do better. So that way, when I die, because death is certain, like Samaya said earlier, I'll be able to answer. And I'll be able to say, la ilaha illallah. And I think that's something, answering all those questions about the shahada and the grave. And being able to say, la ilaha illallah. And ha- all comes and having sincerity. And all of these things that we're talking about, they do not originate from your mind. They come from your heart. Nope. They come from what you did. Yeah. The, the things that you did from your heart, not the things that you did from your mind. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're not, there's a difference between the actions that you do just to impress people or just because people told you to. And the things that you do, like wake up in the middle of the night to pray to Hajjah, to pray Qiyam al-Layl, or to, to spend hours and hours practicing, the, like practicing or, or, you know, learning about things or, you know, listening to lectures and stuff. There's differences in, in, in your in your performance as well. There's yeah. differences in the levels of satisfaction that you gain from it as Absolutely. well, you know? And so the things that come from your heart, at the end of the day, those are the things that follow you into the grave. Those are the things that help you answer those questions, right? Yeah. So, and, and, and at the end, you'll be satisfied, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and everything, it will be satisfied by your answers. You will be satisfied by your answers, inshallah, because you'll have, inshallah, inshallah, right inshallah, inshallah, Jannah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But when you do things from your mind, your satisfaction might only be superficial. It's temporary. It's temporary, because then at the end of the day, it's like, whatever. I have to yeah. do it again because, oh, people see me, you know? Yeah. So I think... That's a wrap. Yeah. That was a pretty good episode. All right. Yes. So just remember, keep your intentions pure from the from the beginning. Have consistency in your your private and your public intent your private and your public good, but make sure that you see your private good as more valuable to yourself and to your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That doesn't mean stop doing good. It just means make sure you put an emphasis on those things in your life. Yeah. Um, Ask Allah to keep you sincere. Yeah. Memorize the drop and um there's so many dots that we mentioned in this and 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 continue to educate yourself with the purpose of getting closer to your lord rather than anything else you know and always reevaluate yourself so anything else nope okay all right (laughs) well thank you guys so much for listening and inshallah you will hear from us next time